When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. How are you? Welcome to my final episode of Worst Firsts. Just kidding. My final episode of Worst Firsts in this house. We are moving, moving um, down the street. So we're not moving far, but we're moving. And as you can tell by the way I look and I'm out of breath, I've been moving things a lot myself, which is really exhausting. I'm going to have movers do stuff, but you know, there's just some things you want to make sure make it over to the house in a particular way so they don't get damaged, blah, 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 blah. This is probably my worst first time moving. I mean, I've moved before, but this is probably the worst time just because my husband has a 10,000 square foot house full of things and he loves all those things. And we tried to get rid of some things, which we did. And uh, the new house is um, maybe 2,400 square feet that we're living in for temporarily while we are building something else. But it's just a lot. And um, on top of that, this week I was, you know, I I love TikTok. I don't know how many of you guys are on TikTok. Um, I have so much fun on there and I love it. And it's a really fun, creative platform to express yourself. And... I've been having a great time on there and someone on TikTok decided to like dig up my vines from over six years ago and post them on TikTok and you know I got then I got a bunch of hate of people calling me racist and all kinds of things um, because my vines from then were in bad taste and even though I didn't realize it it was and I've apologized for it in the past but then it's like I had to deal with a whole new group of people that hadn't seen my vines and they were just coming for me. And I was like, oh, this is so exhausting. Um, But I apologized again, which of course, no problem. Um, Rightfully due to whoever, you know, needed to hear it. But I, I mean, it's just so, I think the hardest thing about it is like when you're making something and you're not coming from like a place of malice or hate and then people are like, you're racist. It's kind of like, it's like really exhausting because it's like that's not even where your headspace was. But I get it because it, what I, I guess, because I would do these characters where I would, you know, dress myself up as either, you know, a different nationality. Cause I thought, oh, I was dressing myself up in like a costume. But then people were like, you can't do that because you're not Hispanic or you're not, um, you know, Indian or whatever. I was the character I, I was, even though my character was that, I was, I'm not allowed to dress up as that. So. I learned my lesson. Anyway, don't do those kind of videos anymore. And I got so much hate and I just was like, oh, I thought I'd, you know, it's like you want to move past things in your life. (laughs) It's like people don't let you live shit down. Like they're like, you're going to pay for this the rest of your life, even though you didn't come from a bad place. We're going to make you pay for it because you did it and you hurt people's feelings. And I'm sitting there like, (sighs) 
I don't know. I just for for me, it's so like it's tiring because it's like fuck. That wasn't even my mindset, and I'm saying sorry, and it's like I my my head wasn't even in that place. I'm sorry for the people that I hurt with it because my head wasn't even in a space to hurt people or be hateful. It was just in a place of making jokes. Anyway, so then that was finished, and in the middle of moving, I'm you know getting all this backlash, and I made an apology, another apology, and. Then I made this video that's on my Instagram still, and I only left it on my Instagram because I think it's really funny because I never saw this guy's original video, and so part of me was kind of like, okay, I get it, but also I didn't see the original video. Okay, so this guy on TikTok, this is all dumb internet drama, by the way, so if you're so bored, please, I promise we're going to get to your worst. This whole episode is dedicated to your guys' worst, but I just needed to get this off my chest because it's been exhausting. So there's this guy on TikTok who made this video where he's, you know, he talks about his trauma and every time he gets shot by a gunshot, it says like one of the traumas that he's been through and he did it to this gunshot noise. But then I was on TikTok and I saw these people doing it to like funny stuff. I never saw this guy's original video about his trauma. And so I make this video copying everyone else on TikTok because that's what TikTok is. You just recreate each other's videos. And so it's like trends. And so I thought this was like a funny trend. And so I make this video and then I get attacked for that because people are like, that's mocking this guy's trauma. You're mocking him. And I'm like, what? Who? Like, I had no idea who this person was. And then he makes a video telling me to fuck off. And I'm like, oh, my God. I feel like it's like I can't do anything right. Like, I just feel like I constantly like you're, everything I do is offensive to someone or hurts someone or someone's mad about it. And so I'm kind of just like I don't want to read comments anymore. And just like I'm going to post stuff and not worry about it because it's like I'm not coming from a bad place ever ever and if you're offended by that like you should know the internet is so vast as a person who's on the internet and has trauma I don't take it personally unless someone's directly making fun of your trauma and going like oh yeah this person has anxiety like fuck them like I mean it's not like I'm sitting there going this guy making a joke of this guy's trauma I had never even seen his video anyway so I deleted it off my TikTok but I left it on my Instagram because a part of me is a little frustrated with society that like we attack people it's like you attack people for everything everyone gets attacked it's like oh you made something I don't like I'm gonna attack you what happened to just like looking the other way what happened to just going oh, like I'm not that person and I'm not in their brain and don't know what their mindset was when they made this. So I'm not going to judge them. Like what happened to that? It's like everyone just automatically assumes like someone's racist or someone's trying to hurt someone or someone's trying to belittle someone. It's like, no, that's not people's, that's not always people's intention. Sometimes people are just trying to have fun and it's like, oops, sorry. Like didn't, it didn't mean that it's not personal is what I'm saying. Like, no, everyone takes everything so personally. And it's like, it's not personal. It's the internet. And I probably get hate more hate for this, but I'm just exhausted by it. It's like, I wish that you could just do comedy and just have fun and do what you want. And like, people didn't take things so personally. That's all. I just, it's, it's, it's exhausting. I know it's probably exhausting for them too, because they're like, I don't want my culture my race joked about I mean I make fun of myself all the time and like don't give a fuck um but yeah I guess it's people are sensitive and I need to be more sensitive to people but I also sometimes when people make videos they're not even thinking about a person like I wasn't even I didn't even know about this guy who made this gunshot video and then I get attacked for that and it just kind of feels like 
it just feels like people are on a constant crusade online to destroy people. Like they're just like, I want to find a reason to hate you. So I'm going to dig up everything you've ever done. I'm going to dig up every tweet you've ever done. I'm going to dig up every video you've ever done. I'm going to dig up everything you've ever done. I'm going to fucking try to destroy your life because I have nothing better to do. And it's just kind of like, man, don't, there's so much more to life. Like, fuck, like what happened to just like, either if you like it, you don't, you just keep scrolling. Like who cares? Like, why do you have to be so vigilant about making people like you got to pay or you got to know that I didn't like it or you got to know, like, who, like, I, I don't know. I guess I see bigger picture. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I, I feel like in life, it's like we're all going to be dead one day and nothing matters. So who really cares? Like, just have fun while you're here. And if you can't, then that's really sad. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, I just, I just was having a really tough week moving the internet stuff. It's like, all I want to do is teeny. No, all I want to do is have fun and laugh and make people laugh and I never come from a place of malice and I never come from a place of hate and I have no problem with any race or anybody. And it's just like people just want to make you out to be a, a bad guy all the time. And I guess that's just like what they want to do. So I don't know. But with that said, let's move on to some of your worst because you guys, oh my God, it's like I got so many. I was so excited because I wanted to do an individual podcast where we talk about your worst because you guys have so many different worsts. Sorry, I'm drinking water. I'm thirsty. Teeny the weenies here. Also, worst first, almost lost fucking Tina's the weenies this week. She decided that it was time to leave home at the ripe age of seven months. Yeah, little Tina's the weenies right here. She, the gardener left the, the side gate open and she was like, oh, that's my uh, sign for freedom. So bye. And um, she's like, living in your house, the worst. So she left. She The gardener left the side gate open. She left. She has a little bell on her collar so we can find her in the house because she hides. Like, she'll literally hide in the weirdest fucking places. So gardener leaves the gate open. I'm out, you know, trying to move stuff into the new house. And Tommy texts me and goes, I can't find the dog. I can't find the dog. And I'm like, well, did you look around the house? He's, yeah. I looked all around the house. I'm like, okay, now I'm freaking out, having a panic attack. I'm in the bank. I'm doing all this stuff, trying to get the new house settled. And I rush home and I come home and he's like, I can't find her. He go, We go outside and he gets her little squeaker toy and starts squeaking it. Don't see her anywhere. He goes around the front yard. He starts squeaking it and we see her head pop up out of the little bushes on the side of the house. She got out of a side gate that the gardener left open and was like, our our property goes like down a hill and down the street. She's in the bushes down the street, like living her best life. Like, what's up, guys? Just frolicking. Oh, you guys are worried about me? That's weird. Anyway, just living my life. Why don't you guys get some lives of your own, not worry about what I'm doing? It was a nightmare. We, we almost lost her, especially because, you know, there's coyotes and stuff up here and she weighs like as much as my left hit. So um, that was really stressful. It just feels like things have been very stressful lately. So, Let's take the attention off of my stress and put it on your stress with your worsts because I got a bunch of them. Okay, so, um, wow. I don't even know where to start. Oh, here's a fun DM. It should be illegal how gorgeous you are. Your guy's lucky. Oh, thank you. That's really, love that for me. That's great. Um, okay, so here we go. This girl wrote to me her worst first time getting high. Oh, my God, it's kind of long. Okay. 
She also wrote, don't ever stop doing worse first. It's my favorite pod- podcast. Her name is Victoria. Victoria. Okay, so she goes, this is my worst first edible experience. It's always edibles. I thought I was going to die. So I've never gotten high my entire life, but the, at the age of 25 years old, I decided that I wanted to try weed brownies. Oh boy. I decided on this method because I have a weird thing about inhaling smoke. Good. Anyway, I made the brownies and my husband had a soccer game. He decides to take a brownie right before his game. Oh my God. Not a good idea, but we didn't, we don't know what we're doing. So here we go. He leaves and I eat a brownie. One hour passes and I don't feel a thing. So what do I do? I eat another brownie. That's always the mistake. It's like you don't feel anything. And so you're like, fuck it, I'll just take more. And then all of a sudden you're high as fucking balls. Okay. So she goes, soon after the second brownie, I started getting super paranoid. Then I got the munchies and I decided to boil some pasta. Meanwhile, I keep thinking that I'm going to accidentally burn the house down if I leave my pasta cooking too long. I'm tripping so hard that I 100% believe that I saw my dead mother's silhouette standing next to me while I was cooking the pasta. At the same point, I'm feeling batshit crazy. I can't feel my face, so I start smacking myself to try to regain feeling. At this point, I start wondering if my husband is tripping as much as I am, and I start getting paranoid thinking that he probably passed out while playing soccer, and it'll be all because I decided to make these fucking weed brownies. (laughs) At this point, I'm thinking I'm going to actually die. I googled if you can die from getting too high. It said no, but I'm still convinced it's the end. That's me every time I have a panic attack. It's like, no, you can't die from a panic attack, and I'm like... "Mm." I'll be the first. I will be the first. I'm pacing and I'm, I start running on my treadmill to maybe try to sweat it out. <laughs> Just high as fuck running on the treadmill. That doesn't work. So I decide that maybe I'll sober up again if I get a cold shower. Oh, that could maybe work. I get in fully clothed, of course, <laughs> because... If I die in the shower, that way they won't see my naked body splayed out all weird. <laughs> That's do- that's something I would totally do. That doesn't help either. I get out of the shower, clothes and body soaking wet. My husband finally gets home from his soccer game. He is completely fine and didn't feel anything from the brownie. Girl, it was that second brownie that put you under. You probably would have been totally chill if you would have just stuck with the first one. She says, I, I'm thinking he's going to take one look at me and see that I'm spiraling and call the cops. But no, he took one at me, look at me and knew that I ate a second brownie. Over the next few hours, I slowly came down. That was my first and last time getting high. Someone should have warned me to not do edibles for your first time getting high and don't get high by yourself. Hey, that's facts. I would say definitely don't. I mean, although I have a friend who does mushrooms by herself all the time and loves it. But I mean, I just feel like being high by yourself, like you you can't really like comfort yourself. I mean, it's nice to be around people that you're cozy with. But... I'm going to tell her, I totally read this on the podcast. That's an amazing story. I I don't like edibles because they just, you never know what way they're going to go. I know that you can, you can get doses now and you can figure out, you know, what is too much and what's too little. But like, I, mm, I don't trust it because it's like, I'm the same way where I, you know, I'm like, if something's not working, then I'm like, mm, it's not working. Let me do more. And then all of a sudden you're fucking way in over your head and it's the worst. I, I hate that. So I don't, I don't know. With edibles, I feel like it's like you don't feel them or you feel them way too much. I've never had an edible where I was like, oh, this is like medium chill. It's always just way too much 
or nothing. So not edibles for me. Not a big edible person. Okay, this is from Brie Quinn. She said, hey, Brittany, I was wondering if you can read my worst first date story. I've been harboring my own self-inflicted first date horror story for a while now, but with being such an avid listener, I'd like to submit it. Here she goes. It's worst first date. I projectile vomited across a bar. Let me start from the top, though. (laughs) Whoa. Projectile vomiting across a bar. That's hot. (laughs) She goes, I meet this guy on Tinder. All right, there's the first worst mistake, dead. Just kidding. I met my husband on Raya. It's okay, we'll probably get divorced. Anyway, um, she, (laughs) she goes... I meet this guy on Tinder. We decide to meet at a pizza and bourbon place. Oof, that already sounds like vomiting across a bar. She goes, I'm so riddled with anxiety that while on the date, I'm drinking hella bourbon, something I never do. Oof, bourbon and then pizza. The dinner itself went okay despite my nerves, but he had such dry humor that I wasn't really understanding, which prompted me to drink more. You're like, if I drink more, this will be funnier. Then after dinner, we decide to go to his bar across this this bar across the street per his recommendation. God, it's like you're drinking at dinner and then you got to go to a bar. He's not from the area, so I was surprised. When I walked in, he had his buddies there waiting. Oh, God. So I'm like, okay, great first date with you and these rando dudes. Funny thing is they were all from a town about an hour away, so this had to be planned. Ooh, creepy. Now my anxiety is at an all-time high. What do I do? Do I drink more and lots? The night is starting to get foggy, and before I know it, I have to puke. I run in the restroom, but there's a line. I turn around with my hand over my mouth, and I spray vomit across the bar. A bartender grabbed my date and said, I think she needs to go. I was so embarrassed and hammered, and he drives me home. I proceeded to vomit every few miles, but he got a kick out of it. When we got home, he insists on walking me inside, so I let him in. He takes off his shirt and gives it to me so I can wear something clean. Yes, very sweet, but having his friends on our first date was still a turnoff. Anyway, as soon as he gives me his shirt, my mom walks in my fucking room and yells, Who's this? I was still pretty drunk, so I said... Instead of this is my Tinder date, he explained I drank a wee bit too much and then I got to bed. The next day, he reached out to me to tell me I left my purse in his car. I had to go find my car and then drive an hour to meet him and his friends again at the bar to get my things. I really thought I ruined all my chances, but we continued to date for a couple months after that. And then she put a picture. I'm not going to share it with you guys, but. (laughs) And we took a picture that night. That's me blacked out before I threw up on my first date. Girl, you look good blacked out. All right, maybe I will share it. She looks pretty. I don't know if you can see that. Anyway, she looks good. Brie. You know what? Honestly, though, props for him for not judging you for throwing up because anyone would fucking throw up. Like if you drink bourbon and eat pizza and then drink some more, that's just literally like a recipe for throw up. So I think that's pretty cool that he didn't judge you on that. And you know what? Like that's dope. You know, good for him. And I'm glad you guys dated for a couple months. That's that's rad. He sounds like a pretty chill dude instead of being like, ew, girls throw up. That's gross. Or like, ew, girls get their period. Ugh, yeah. Ugh, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, I hate those guys. They're so annoying. Like, ew, you get your period? Yeah, yeah, I get my fucking period, Jared, okay? I get my period and I'm going to bleed all over your fucking house, okay? So shut the fuck up. Seriously. I hate when guys try to act like girls like, oh, you poop? Ew, uh, uh. Like, yeah, we fucking poop. What do you think we do? We just fucking hold all of our shit in our stomach and just die with tons of shit in us? No, dude, everyone shits. Angelina Jolie takes massive, 
diarrhea dumps at least once a year, just like every other person on this planet, okay? Every hot bitch in the whole world has had diarrhea at some point or another, okay? So just get over that and stop being so fucking sensitive. That's so stupid. Guys are just like, oh, I don't want to know about it. Well, too bad. Sorry, that was a personal rant. <laughs> This is from Jade. Um, she says, I'm not sure if it's too late for stories, but here's mine anyway. I don't really remember this story much, but it's been told all my life. I never knew my dad's biological father, Michael, as he passed away when I was only about six months old. There was a lot of drama after he died in my in my grandfather's will. He just gave everything to his wife, believing she would do right by him and my dad and me, which, spoiler alert, she didn't, and the most my dad got was a few of his dad's shirts and a couple pieces of jewelry. Flash forward a couple years, and it's almost my third birthday. I'm sitting in the back seat of the car, and my mom in the driver's seat because we were driving up to Vegas from L.A. to celebrate my mom's side of the family. She asks if I'm excited, and I say, yeah, I can't wait to ride my new bike. And she asks how I know I'm getting a bike for my birthday, as they hadn't told me, and she said, oh, wow, this is so weird. Sorry, I just tripped over her words. She goes, <clears throat> how did I know I was getting a bike? How did I know I was getting a bike for my birthday as my parents hadn't told me? And all I said was, Grandpa Michael told me. That is so fucking weird. I've talked about this so much on the podcast. And I know you guys get so annoyed of me. Just keep mentioning it. But little kids and I and I just feel like because we all get reincarnated and, and you don't have to agree with me or not, but I think we do. Our souls are just repeated over and over and over again. And that's why we have all this trauma in our lives and we carry it into our new lives because in my previous life, I was probably like, you know, a poor fucking little house witch or something. And now I'm like so scared to ever, you know, be abandoned and broke again. I don't know. I just feel like we all have these pasts and we carry them into our new lives and we have lessons to learn. And I've talked about this on all the podcasts, but I feel like when we're little, that veil between this world and that world is so thin still because our souls are so newly in this new body and we can still communicate with the other side. And I feel like that's why little kids, so often it's little kids remember their past lives. And there's so many stories of this, of little kids being like, yeah, that's where I grew up in towns that they've never been in. Or like, that's a picture of me when I was younger, looking at like an old family album of like a great grandfather who died. And there's just so much of that on the internet. So I totally believe this. My grandpa Michael told me, and she didn't even know who her grandpa Michael was because she said, I didn't even know my dad's biological father, Michael. He passed away when she was six months old, but he told her she was getting a new bike for her birthday when she was three. And she fucking told her mom that. And I believe it a hundred percent. Cool story, Jade. Thanks for sharing that. I love reading your guys' worst. This is really fun. If you have any worse, just DM them to me on um, Instagram. I love just taking a session and doing it with you guys and not having a guest. All right, Nina. I know. I'm needy like you too. Okay, where are we, what are we doing? Nina's trying to sit on my shoulder. Okay. Um, <laughs> this one's really short, but someone just wrote, <laughs> this person's name is Nope. I agree. Nope. Someone wrote, I have some crazy drug stories, but just here's an example. One time I accidentally smoked wet PCP and left my hotel butt-ass naked and tried to get into my car outside by tugging the window down and it was snowing. <laughs> Just high on PCP naked trying to open your car window. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, okay. This one is from Monica. Monica, worse first. I met a man online. We go out on our first date. We met at Dave and Buster's. Oh, that's fun. We had a few drinks and then I decided to ride with him to another city so we could hit the bar scene. Whoa, girl, that's brave. 
first date online guy. Yeah, let's go. Uh, sure. I'll go to Puerto Vallarta with you. <laughs> Just not scared at all. Dead. He's like Ted Bundy. Okay. So I drink about 12 Jack Daniels on the rocks. Jesus. 12? My Lord, I have one and I have a panic attack. So I drink about Monica. Should we have a, an intervention? So I drink about 12 Jack Daniels on the rocks, but I pace it with water because I normally drink whiskey. She's fucking, this girl's got balls of steel. He tried to keep up with me, so he gets pretty drunk, and I ask him if he needs me to drive me back, drive us back to my car. He says, no, he can drive. So we're driving on the freeway back to Irvine, and he's so drunk, and he's talking to me, and he crashes into a car. Oh, my God, and you're both drunk. Then he proceeds to tell me he has three DUIs and his license is suspended and can't pull over, so he flees the scene. We have cars chasing us. Two cars pull off the freeway with us and chase us, and he's driving like a maniac, so I start yelling at him and telling him to to pull over. He finally does after he loses them. He ends up taking me back to my car, and he tries to kiss me and say say he he had a great time, and and ask if we could go on another date. (laughs) What the fuck? You went out with DUI Danny over here. What the hell? Hey, babe. Sorry, I actually forgot to mention. I got like 71 DUIs. Three DUIs. I didn't even think you could get that many DUIs and still have your license. Oh, my God. So he's drunk driving with you, crashes into a car, flees the scene. You guys have cars chasing you. It's like fucking NASCAR. And then you guys have to lose those cars. Then he takes you back to your car and asks if you want to go on another date. I can't. You know, if it's one thing these men have, it's the audacity. That's what it is. I mean, women too. We both suck. Whatever. In our own ways. That's hilarious, Monica. I love you. That was fucking amazing. Oh, love it. Love, love, love. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Okay, here we go. This is from, oh, It says R.I.P. Isaac. The kid's still alive. I think that's like in tribute to someone else. Um, His name is Six Tortega, Two Ortega on uh, Instagram. He says, worst first. One time I hooked up with my best friend's ex and he got so mad at me that he hit up her boyfriend who she was with when I hooked up with her and told him that she cheated on me, on him with me. This shit hurt my head typing but to justify my wrongful doings he wasn't really a friend I came to realize that later on after our demise he was banging my ex-girlfriend while he was with his ex the one I hooked up with and I was still with my ex-girlfriend when he was hooking up with her well that sounds really complicated anyway y'all were banging each other's ex-girlfriends and that definitely sounds like the worst because you know if that's one thing we don't do is bang exes we got to move on we got to move on, okay? Because the future's not backwards, it's forwards, okay? Every time I try to... Teeny's digging a hole. What are you doing? You guys are so... Like, they're... Like, it's so funny because I'm so codependent that they're codependent on me. We're all just codependent over here. Um, there's dogs are sitting on my lap. Sorry. Uh, I got distracted. Okay, this is from um, Toos, T-O-U-S, J Young on Instagram. She's got a... She... I think it's a she. Let me see. You profile. Nope, might be a guy. I'm not sure. Um, either way, 
or I don't know what, you know what, I shouldn't say anything because I'm going to get in trouble because I don't know what people identify as. So it's this person, Toos J. Young, worst first ghost story. Oh, duh, starts out. Hey, Brittany, you can call me TJ if you air the story. Sorry, my name can be hard to pronounce. I love it. There you go, TJ. Thank you. So my ghost story I wanted to share was one I had when I was young. I'm Native American. Oh, you're so good looking. That's why I could tell. I'm Native American. So we were raised in a household where you were told to believe in the supernatural. I love that. It is embedded in our history and our lives. One night when I was about nine years old, I encountered a, sh- encountered a shadow person. I was at my cousin's and we were playing hide and seek late at night. Adults went out to party and about seven of us were playing. I was picked to be the one looking for everything. Or for, I was picked to be the one looking for everyone first. Of course, it had to be me. So I start off looking in the living room and then the dining, dining room. So far, no one found. I start to make my way towards the master bedroom. As soon as I reach the hallway leading into the bedroom, it gets cold. I can see that the light is on in there. And as soon as I enter, I see it, a figure on the edge of the bed. It was peeking at me before I'd entered the room. I get scared because I realize it wasn't a person. It's just a full shadow shaped like a person. It stood up and when it stood up, it had to be at least seven feet tall and it had no definitive shape. And when it stood up, it dashed at a very fast speed into the bathroom onto the right side. I backed away slowly and ran into the living room. I never told anyone that night what I had seen, but to this day, I know what I had seen. It truly scared me, and it's something you can't forget. By the way, I love your podcast. I don't listen to many podcasts often but because I can't keep up with it, but I love all yours, and I'm always ready for the next episode. Keep up the good work. Oh, thanks, TJ. Oh, dude, the shadow people thing. I have to tell you, it's so funny because... I've never seen a shadow person. And I, I think a lot, like when I was little, I feel like I used to see shadows, but I don't really remember. I would see like, you know, all my windows or all my blinds would be closed in my room and I would see like just black things float across the walls and stuff. But I, I don't know if that was shadow people. And then I got put on antidepressants when I was like 16 because I was a cutter. Guys, I used to cut myself. I was so depressed that I like wanted to die but I didn't have enough strength to actually kill myself so I used to like cut myself I have scars like I don't know if you can see them my legs and my arms but yeah so I used to do that and they put me on antidepressants um at the hospital and um then everything kind of went away like I can't really see it anymore and I can't really I feel like it interferes with being in tune with that kind of stuff because I don't know it just does but anyway when I was really little I used to I remember looking at my walls late at night and it's so crazy because I know exactly what he's talking about it's like all my blinds would be shut and you'd look at the wall and there would be like a dark it would almost look like smoke float across the wall and it was really scary and I remember being so scared when I was little and I, I told my dad I was like I need to sleep with the lights on and I slept with the lights fully on like as bright as it is in this room until I was about like I don't know like 14. <laughs> I probably kept doing it after that too. And then at some point I got really depressed and I was like, all right, just take me. Fuck it. Um, and then I, now I enjoy life again. So yeah, things go full circle, but yeah, that's a crazy story, TJ. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love the ghost stories and I love reading these. These are so 
so fun. I love it. You guys just DM me your stories. DM message me on Instagram and I'll read them on the podcast. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on worse first. This is from Chase A. Uh, on, on Instagram. Chase A. She said, this is a worse first for me. She said, this is so embarrassing. I decided to go back to Texas and meet the man I've been with. I've been wanting for a long time. So I decided to leave Cali for a month and go to Texas to drive back to Cali. What? Drive back to Cali for a hookup and I get to Pasadena all excited. And when he showed up, he pulled his pants down and I was embarrassed for him. When I say he had a tiny penis, that's saying too much. And in fact, I was with him for a year and never cheated. That says, says something, LOL. I have pics and I still sit and laugh. I, at why, I don't know why I stayed and faked it every damn time. Okay, she wrote very confusingly, but I'm guessing that she left Texas for a guy that had a very small micro penis and she laughs at pictures about it still. <sighs> well, I feel bad for that guy. That's sad. Um, okay, so... Let's read the next one. This is from Delaney. She said, I'm not really sure if this is a first, but I'll tell you anyway, because it's definitely a worst. Two days before my family vacation, I'm sitting in my dorm room, and all of a sudden I get a Facebook message from someone whose name I didn't recognize. So I click on it, and it's a little long, so I'm ready. I'm reading it. I'll send a screenshot in a little, but basically it said, this might be a surprise to you, but I'm your brother, And Kevin, which is my dad's name, is my father, too. So now, of course, I'm like, huh? I thought this was just some random kid pranking me because it said he lived in a whole different state. So I called my sister, and she got the message, too. Oh, shit. She's living at home with my parents right now, and she told me just to ignore it and that she would handle it. Then I get home the next day, and everyone was at work, including my sister, so I went out with some friends. Then my mom calls me telling me I need to come home right now because there's something I had to do for the vacation that we were taking. So I had to go home and talk to everyone. I go in my sister's room and she starts showing me screenshots that this kid had sent her of child support papers with my dad's name on them. Then I realized I was about to have an intervention with my parents Basically, long story short, my dad left for like two years and had a whole affair and a child and then came back to my mom and me and my sister and my mom took him back. They both knew about this kid and didn't tell me or my sister. So yeah, that's the story of how I found out I had a secret brother and it made for a very awkward family vacation. Oh my God. Delaney and she put the screenshot from the kid and he said hi I know you may not know who I am but I want to let you know that I'm your brother I know it may be a surprise but Kevin is my father too I'm 16 and I live in Connecticut just wanted to tell you if you could get back to me that'd be great if not that's okay too oh my god can you imagine your dad's like yeah don't chew the wires dude can you imagine your dad just pieces out for like a year and then has like a secret love child and then comes back and just like, yeah, what, where were you, dad? And I'm just, you know, vacation, <laughs> just having a whole other family. That always makes me feel so bad for the kid. Like that, that might make the other kid feel so not wanted. But good for you, Delaney, for like sitting your parents down and being like, uh, listen, motherfuckers, 
we're going to talk about this, this bullshit right now because this needs to happen. Someone sent a video, but I don't know if I should open it because I don't, I don't like to open the videos because I'm afraid sometimes it might not be appropriate, but what is appropriate anymore? Honestly. Okay. This one's, um, this one's from, this one's from Brooke. I love her, her username on, uh, Instagram. It's Slater's bong water. Yeah, dude. <laughs> okay. This is from Brooke. She goes, Hey, Brittany, this one's about anxiety. Oh, great. My favorite. <laughs> People keep messaging me too, by the way, being like, don't you have anything else to talk about besides anxiety and spirits? And I'm like, no, actually I don't. So maybe subscribe to another podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. This is from Brooke. She says, hey, Brittany, this one's about anxiety. I'm going to tell you my worst anxiety attack. Oh, my God, that's definitely a fucking worst first. Holy shit. So she goes, so I'm 15. I've recently been diagnosed with anxiety, but I'm five months without anxiety and doing super good. Yay, that's great. In October of last year, I was about to have a really big driving test come up. I was super nervous, and I was getting so worked up about it that it drove me to an anxiety attack. My parents were not home. I was home alone and I started having a, having an anxiety attack. I instantly felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like my heart was literally hitting my breastbone. Yup, that's the worst. Because it was beating so fast, my heart rate jumped to 132. Oh, I was shaking. My teeth were chattering. Oh, that happens to me. I was crying and I was hyperventilating. I called and texted both of my parents and neither of them answered. I started to calm myself down by trying to catch my breath and started deep breathing. Then I kind of just sat there and cried until it was over. I really didn't know how bad things could get. And I didn't know how to react when it gets that bad. Oh, Brooke. Fuck, babe. I'm so sorry, honey. I'm going to tell her I read this on the podcast. Um... Okay, so I have to tell you guys, I've actually been anxiety-free for mm, probably about like three or four months now. As not anxiety-free, but I'd say panic attack-free. Whereas I was, ha I used to have without medication, I was having panic attacks like every half hour. Like I couldn't do anything; everything was triggering me. I got on my back on my Effexor. Teeny, no, I got back on my Effexor. Um, during the vine era because I couldn't leave my house. I was making vines just in my house because I was so, you know, scared of life. And um, that, you know, they put me on like 75 milligrams. I've weaned myself down to the lowest dose of effects are possible, which is 37.5 milligrams extended release. I take that daily at nighttime, but my doctor's like, it's not even a therapeutic dose. It's not enough to do anything. But for me, it's just enough because I take that in combination with CBD doing meditation. I did EMDR therapy and I really try to like take me time. And I also have been trying to really exercise a little bit and exhaust myself because I find if I exhaust myself physically, I can't really have a panic attack because there's not enough like um, adrenaline built up because I'm so depleted. Anyway, that's what I've been doing and I've been doing really well. Knock on wood. On top of that, magnesium glycinate every night. There's a great thing called Crataegus Oxycantha, which is a natural supplement that slows your heart rate down. Um, and you guys know about the CBD that I take all the time. It has ashwagandha root in it. It's called Relax. I'm always talking about it because it's changed so many people's lives, including mine. Like I literally just take that during the day and I am fine. Even if I start to feel anxiety in the car, I can take it as I'm driving without freaking out. It's the TeraVita CBD. So I always talk about that. That's what I'm always talking about. So, um, 
I'm going to put sending so much love, Brooke, because I know it fucking like literally panic attacks are the worst. If you've never had one, you're so lucky. And for those of you that still have them, there are a lot of things you can do, like all the things I just mentioned. I mean, taking the magnesium glycinate every night before bed is just one of the many things that can help you. And like I said, the the CBD that has the ashwagandha root in it is so helpful. Ashwagandha is a natural herb that's calming. And people are always asking me, is CBD safe? Can I take it with my medications? Can I take it while I'm pregnant? Can my 16-year-old take it? Okay, and here's my answer. Always consult your doctor or whatever, right? But I take it with my antidepressant and I'm totally fine. Um, I've never heard of CBD making a baby deformed, but I'm also not a doctor, so check with your doctor. And if you're 16 years old, you're pretty much an adult. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it'd be fine, but talk to your doctor. Um, but yeah, it's been really life-changing for me. So again, that was, it's called Teravita CBD Relax. I'm always posting about it on Instagram. If you want to know more about it, it's in my posts. Um, and if you guys ever like have anxiety questions, you can DM me. I can't promise I'll get to you right away because I get a thousand DMs a day, but, um, you know, I try my, I try my best. So, okay. (laughs) Here's a... Here's a worst from Mason Pitt. I love reading these with you guys. You guys are the fucking best. And thank you to everyone who's listening to this right now. And all you guys that leave your nice comments when I post these on Instagram. I see you and I love you and thank you. Like, it's so cool to have a little community of people that are awesome. So, love you guys. Um, This is from Mason Pitt. He said, I think hands down, this is one of the worst dates. It was the first, it was my first time traveling out of the country. My senior year, spring break, I went to Mexico after being in the country for a few days. My buddies and I decided to have a bonfire on the beach and have a few drinks while partying with my friends and a few of the locals decided to come by and drink with us. All was well until it was not. That's usually the case. The last thing I remember was playing guitar on the beach and then nothing after that. I woke up the next morning laying on a lawn chair completely naked with a towel covering my back, thankfully. The house we rented wasn't far away, but I had to walk through a resort parking lot to get there. Finally, I make it back to my room and my buddies were laughing their asses off, as I would have too if the situation was reversed. But I noticed that my right butt cheek was kind of cold. I looked down and realized that not only did my friends leave me butt-ass naked on the beach, but also drew a dick on my ass with sunscreen. So the remainder of the trip, I had a sunscreen dick tattoo on my butt. Thank God I didn't end up going to jail that night. I hope you use this. Big fan of you and your husband. He was wishing me a happy birthday over Cameo. Much love to you guys. Oh, my God. That's fucking hilarious on your butt. They should have did it on your face. That's amazing because you put probably swim shorts on after that. No one saw it. But that's funny walking through the the hotel parking lot with a fucking dick on your butt. They're like, oh, that guy's definitely gotten into the Jose Cuervo for sure. Uh, that's amazing, Mason. Thanks for sharing that. Um, okay, this is from Belen Garcia. Uh, She says, I'm 28 and I hooked up with a 48-year-old basically because I'm bored of guys my age. Facts. I'm 34 and I will never date anyone below 50 again. Well, to to my, well, maybe in their 40s if I ever am single again. I don't even know I'm talking like that. Anyway, okay, so she's Belen Garcia. She says, I'm 28 and I hooked up with a 48-year-old basically because I'm bored of guys my age. Well, to my surprise, he has four kids and he asks me, 
on our first date how I see my relationships with his kids evolving in the future. Also, he has talked to all of his friends about his 28-year-old girlfriend. Let's take into account that I've only seen this guy once and I was so drunk I barely remember him. Imagine telling a guy, uh, uh, telling a girl on their first date they would run the fuck away and call the police. Oh my God, that's so crazy. How do you see your relationship with my kids evolving? They had one date before that. That's kind of scary. Although also kind of nice because most guys are fuck boys these days and they're like, yeah, so I basically just want to like fuck you and then never talk to you again because that's like basically every guy that was, you know, that's the case for most guys. So um, at least he like wanted to, you to have a, to have a relationship with you. That's kind of cool, but also kind of scary. Oh boy, this is a long one. This is from Amber. Amber Harris. Hi, Amber. She said, I used to work at Target and I met a guy from our back room during our seasonal hires. He's ex-military and I thought he was really cute. Tattoos and beard and sarcastic as hell. We end up talking and becoming friends. He's divorced because his ex cheated on him. We both like to drink, so we thought we'd go out and get to know one another over drinks and some food. We end up going out at 10 a.m. and start drinking. Whoa, you guys are on my husband's program. (laughs) Dead. She says, first red flag. But I like to see how red they can get, right? Dead. You're like, is it red or is it more chartreuse? I can't tell. You're like, I know me. You just throw every red flag at me. And I'm like, oh, I'll use these to decorate my yard. Um, She says, we start bar hopping downtown in our city which is full of bars restaurants and little dives in the first couple of hours he's already getting drunk he tells me his neck his nickname is dewey aka dui and laughs what's up with all these dui dudes we ended up going to another city that has a military base close by to it unexpected to unexpectedly meet his friends we go to a bar close by the base and his old military where his old military's li- buddies live and by this time, it's now nighttime. It's like 10 or 11 at night. His whole demeanor changed immediately. He became belligerent and just completely different with his buddies. I found out his ex did cheat on him, but I can see why. He's a complete mess and asshole when drunk. He blew through $1,200 in alcohol that night and blamed me even though I didn't even drink that much. He treated me like shit and kept making rude comments about me. I was a little bigger back then. So fat comments and whatnot. He almost got into a fist fight with a couple of guys that were talking to him at the bar. Took him out. I took him outside to cool off and he offered to marry me and said that he loved me and kept kissing me. I was just done and wanted to go home. He wanted to go to another city that was even farther away and I was supposed to work that morning at 4 a.m. Damn. I wanted to just go home. His buddy then tried telling me to calm down and just listen to him and that we were going to drink at this other person's house. I refused. I ran out of money and had no way home. I started crying and my anxiety kicked into high gear. Then one buddy tried fighting me because I was ruining his date, my date's night. Ew. It was our first date and an argument started outside the bar about taking me home and he became aggressive thankfully a group of other military guys showed up and offered me a ride even though i didn't know them i was thankful but refused since i didn't know them he finally agreed to take me home and i was hesitant because he was hammered but he was my only way home he scared me on the freeway and started yelling at me and screaming at me made me feel made me feed him taco bell like 3 30 a.m we almost got hit by a semi and he called his friend in florida and told him how much 
how much I'm a bitch and all this other stuff. Ew. His friend was trying to calm him down and told him to pull over, but it only made it worse. We finally got back into our town and we stopped at Dutch Bros and tried to make things better. He told me he loved me and wanted to go back me to go back to Florida with him and marry him and deal with all of this psycho behavior. I just wanted to go home at this point. He pleaded with me that he loved me and only wanted the best for me. I'm so sure, buddy. I got home and he kept me outside at like 4 to 5 a.m. trying to convince me that he's a good guy. My neighbor was outside smoking and watching me and asking if I was okay. I finally got inside. He never showed up at work again after I came back from calling out that morning. Last that I know, he went back to Florida. Man, did I dodge a bullet. That entire day night was the worst date I've ever been on. Refused to ever date a military man again. Oh my God, Amber. (sighs) I know I'm not like supposed to really mention this, but I will say my personal experience with alcoholism, it's the worst. It's the absolute worst. And we don't talk about it enough in this country. And (sighs) so many people have a big problem with alcoholism and it just makes people really a violent, b psychotic, c like that whole like i love you i hate you calling you names you know just like calling you fat like i relate it's crazy and it sucks and i hate alcohol it's the devil i mean like i can have a drink here and there if i want to i'm not an alcoholic in any way but i just think some people it just ruins lives. Let me, let me just put it that way. It's, it's a really dark thing. And I think unless you live with it, not a lot of people know how bad it can get. If you've never lived with an alcoholic, you'll never know how dark it is. It's dark. It's like people start drinking at 9 a.m. and drink until nighttime and pass out drink, drunk and are reactive and mean and up and down like a, like a roller coaster. And it's really hard. And um, I think that you know, if you saw this in this guy, like stay away. If you ever meet anyone that has a serious, seems like they even have a serious drinking problem, stay away because it's like alcoholism is a disease. I don't think people realize that they think it's like a choice for a lot of people. It's not. A lot of people are like, just like you, just like, you, you know, if you did something that you get addicted. The whole thing is you become an addict and your body needs it. You know, and people who try to quit drinking, they literally like have to go to rehab or they start shaking or going to, they get what's called like the delirium tremors where they start to shake and then they have to drink. So it's like you're stuck in this like really awful cycle and it's really hard. Um, so yeah, if you ever meet anyone who seems like they might have an alcoholism problem, that's going to be a lot of work. It's not easy. And it's going to be a lot of this because Unless they want to commit to sobriety, your life is just going to be unpredictable. It's scary. It's sad. And it's scary. And I'm sorry you went through that because uh, it's not pretty. It's not fun. And I'm glad you, you dodged a bullet. <laughs> Seriously, I'm so glad you dodged a bullet because you did. A big one. Um, okay. This is from Maddie. Um. She says, I have to tell you about this because of your ghost story podcast. This is from Maddie on Instagram. Sorry, that last one got to me. Okay, so back in high school, my two friends played with a Ouija board and they made their own, they made their own planchette, which I guess is a Ouija board. Stupid as hell, I know. 
while we were playing and the piece actually starts moving, freaking both of them out. The both of us, both of them were terrified, these dumbasses. They never closed the board and said goodbye. They just took their hands off of it and let it be. Oh, boy. One friend put the Ouija board in his ceiling over his brother's bed. They shared a room. And the other friend took the planchette home with him in his bag. Shortly after they played, the friend that took the planchette home, we'll call him Bob, started waking up with scratch marks all over him. Oh, my God. There were always like... There were always like three scratches like a fucking claw that tore up his back and legs. But here's the thing. Bob doesn't have fingernails. He has always bit them down to nubs, so there was no way he could possibly have done it to himself. Bob started showing me the scratches and explained that he would wake up with the scratches and it would be so bad that it would make him bleed. Well, cut to last year. We're all older now in college. Bob comes and visits from the army. We talked about how he swore there was a demon attached to him, and he explained, I know there's something there. I don't see him in my dreams or actually see him ever, but I know he's there, and I know his name is Valsoon. Oh, my God. Me and my boyfriend, being the assholes we kind of are, start taunting Valsoon and saying such things like, if you're actually here, let let us be known, and just saying stupid shit like that. Well, one day like 3 p.m. in broad daylight, my boyfriend and Bob were outside just hanging out. They hear this sound like nothing they've ever heard before. Granted, we're from the South, so we hear all kinds of crazy animals, but this was something we've never heard. They say the only possible explanation they can give is that it sounded like some kind of beast. It was so loud, and you know it was massive, and it was just from just from the sound it made. At 3 p.m. in the afternoon, we don't know even where it came from. We never heard that sound again. One night, we got back a few months later from the bar, and we were just hanging out. We were all together with Bob at our home. Just Bob, my boyfriend, and our dog, Mac, were all outside. The noise came back, only this time it was pissed, and you can tell. The first one that comes inside is my dog with every hair sticking up on his body. Bob comes running in, followed by my boyfriend, all three of them flipping the fuck out. Keep in mind, this is 3 a.m., but they say, we heard that noise again. They say the noise was coming from the woods behind our house. They said you could hear it stomping, and then it started to growl this nasty growl that sounded like the same way it did at 3 p.m. in the afternoon the last time. They said it was so loud that it surrounded them, and they couldn't tell which direction it was coming from, so they yelled for the dog. Our dog is standing on the outskirts of the woods going crazy and this thing makes a full charge and they can hear it coming. They all ran so fast inside and honestly looked spooked. These dudes usually don't get spooked. As I'm trying to calm everyone down, Bob looks over and says, I told you we shouldn't be taunting Valsoon. This thing has only been heard when it is just Bob and my boyfriend together. They tell me all the time how they didn't understand that no one heard it or that It didn't alarm our neighbors because it was so loud. That night, all three of us piled into a bed and slept together because we were all scared. And Bob woke up again with scratches covering his back. We moved to a different house back in March, but we hadn't heard that noise since then. But that house, 1,000% is haunted as fuck. But that's a story for a different time. I hope you actually see this. Whoa. Holy shit. Yeah, don't make fun of spirits. Also, don't play with Ouija boards because I don't feel like it ever 
you know, ends up good. I don't, and I don't feel like you can ever really contact your dead loved ones. I think that, that it just contacts evil spirits. I just think it's a bad way to get into the other, the other world, you know, like it's just, I don't know. Anyway, I just think it's bad. I think it's all bad. Okay. I'm going to try to read two more. Oh, sorry, I keep itching. I have really bad allergies and my teeny's hair is getting my nose. Teeny. Okay, so this is from Adrian Meyer Matson. My dad and I decided to stop by an old abandoned cemetery that he used to go to as a teenager. I love the ghost ones. By the time we went, it was overgrown and deserted. We had a flashlight to guide us, but could only see a few feet ahead of us. The cemetery was huge with tombstones all over. We start looking and all of a sudden my dad's fully charged flashlight starts to flicker on and off. We get a little creeped out but still look around to see the names on the headstones and the placards. We turn to exit and the flashlight completely shuts off no matter how many times we push the button. Then it turns back on spontaneously and the light is shining onto a huge tombstone that coincidentally has our last name on it. Ew. We were so freaked out that we ran out of there as fast as we could. When we got home, my grandmother told us that we had someone in the family with the same name on that tombstone that flashed that that with the same name that was on the tombstone that the light flashed on. It could all be a coincidence, but it was sure creepy as hell. Whoa, that's weird. Your flashlight wasn't working until it showed the name that you had on the tombstone. That's so creepy. Creepy. I love the scary ones. I love being scared. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I love being scared. Okay. This is from Shannon. Worst first. Let me start out by saying you and Tommy are total goals when it comes to love. Well, I don't know about that, but thanks. (laughs) I'm hoping for the day I finally find my better half. So far, I haven't been lucky. Well, you'll find someone. Don't worry. There's a lid for every pot, my grandma says. Okay. She says from Shannon, Shannon Wynn, I'm sorry. She says, when it comes to dating, I'm green as fuck. I've always had a hard time opening up to certain people and have been extremely awkward and shy around any cute guys that catch my attention. The only romantic relationship I've ever had, I don't think qualifies as romantic. It was much less than a real relationship. I met this really great guy in a writing class and I was so excited when he expressed interest in me back. We exchanged numbers and promised to hang out together outside of class. Summer came around and he invited me to go to the OC fair with him and I accepted. Unfortunately, that morning I got my period and this was before I was on birth control. Before I went on the pill, the first two days of my period had me curled up on the bathroom floor, sweating and puking my guts out. Ugh, girl, join the club. Endometriosis, PCOS, fucking awful club. But by the way, I will say, if you don't want to go on birth control, just get acupuncture on your ovaries go to someone that specializes it it's a game changer and i was supposed to have a not to change the subject i was supposed to have a laparoscopy to get the endo removed but the acupuncture has made such a big difference so suggestion for anyone that's struggling with that anyway here we go so she goes however i really like this guy and there was no way i was going to miss out on going to the fair with him oh girl So I took whatever aspirin I could find and we took off. Not even an hour into being there, the cramps hit me like a brick. Oh, this is the worst. I hate this. And then you get like the shit cramps. I had taken the aspirin too late. We were walking right by a concert stage with a bathroom next to it. And I excused myself and told my date to wait for me. I sat in the stall for almost a half an hour just waiting for the cramps to stop. 
Finally, I was able to stand up and walk straight and I walked out to catch up with my date, but not before a huge wave of nausea hit me and I ran over the planter and threw right up in it. Oh, honey. Some people were stopping and staring and a worker even asked me if they should call first aid to bring me a shuttle. I was absolutely mortified. Luckily, my date missed all of this. He was standing by watching the band that was playing on the stage next to the bathrooms. When I finally started to feel normal again, the rest of the day was actually really nice. We even ended up riding the Ferris wheel together, which was super romantic. The kiss goodnight was a little weird, though, with him not knowing that I had been puking at the very first start of our date. <laughs> Damn, you couldn't even throw a piece of gum in there? <laughs> so maybe it wasn't a completely worse first date, but it's definitely one that stands out to me after five years. We just had... One other date after this, but that's the story for another day. Oh, girl, Shannon, I feel for you. That's the worst. When you have guys, you don't even know what it's like. When you have horrible period cramps. I saw an, or, an article the other day that said period cramps are similar to having a heart attack. I mean, if you have like what I have and this girl has where you have like, you know, all kinds of stuff going on where there's like endometriosis and cysts and fibroids you get your period and it feels like someone is literally murdering you you feel like you're definitely dying you start it's not only that like it's the cramps it's like the physical like you get hot you start sweating you feel like you're gonna throw up you have diarrhea you just start shaking like it's oh the hormones then your anxiety like oh man the estrogen going up so high just making you an insane person that's why you get insane by the way it's the estrogen so crazy oh i'm gonna say read this on the pod um yeah, anyway, so this has been so great. And I love reading these. So you guys just DM me on Instagram because it's kind of nice to like read your stories instead of having guests all the time. I love hearing from you guys. So just send me your your worst first on Instagram and I will read as many as I can. And there's still more. And uh, I don't know, maybe I should I read one more? <laughs> This one's really short. One time I dated this girl and she puked on my cock and then held me back and then I licked it and spit on my face. All right, that doesn't sound like it was a worse for you. It sounds like you enjoyed that. I'm so dead. Okay, anyway, write to me on Instagram and I will read your worst first. This has been so fun. I love sharing this with you. I love having this. You guys listen to this podcast. Sorry, I've been itching my face the whole time. Like, need to take an allergy pill. I'm actually allergic to dogs, but I love them, so it's fine. Um, and yeah, if you're dealing with anything right now, just know that life goes up and down and all around and doesn't stay the same forever. It's not happy forever. It's not sad forever. It's not good forever. It's not bad forever. All right, one fucking Dr. Seuss over here. But, you know, just so you know. So don't worry. Things change constantly, which is great and also terrible. But that's life. It's great and it's also terrible. So um, with that said, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Worst First. And next time you guys see me, I'll be in my new house. Woo. All right. I love you guys. Mwah.